Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kawan Saluja. Our first reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, and the topic is anger at family members. Many of us have anger towards certain members of our family. Some of us have much anger and rage, anger that seems to go on year after year. For many of us, anger was the only way to break an unhealthy bondage or connection between a family member and ourselves. It was the force that kept us from being held captive, mentally, emotionally, and sometimes spiritually by certain family members. It is important to allow ourselves to feel, to accept our anger toward family members without casting guilt or shame on ourselves. It is also important to examine our guilty feelings concerning family members as anger and guilt are often intertwined. We can accept, even thank our anger for protecting us, but we can also set another goal, taking our freedom. Once we do, we will not need our anger. Once we do, we can achieve forgiveness. Think loving thoughts. Think healing thoughts toward family members. But let ourselves be as angry as we need to be. At some point, strive to be done with the anger, but we need to be gentle with ourselves if the feelings surface from time to time. Thank God for the feelings. Feel them. Release them. Ask God to bless and take care of our families. Ask God to help us take freedom and take care of ourselves. Let the golden light of healing shine upon all we love and upon all with whom I've, we feel anger. Let the golden light of healing shine on us. Trust that a healing is taking place now. Help me accept the potent emotions I may feel toward family members. Help me be grateful for the lesson they are teaching me. I accept the golden light of healing that is now shining on my family and me. I thank God that healing does not always come in a neat, tidy package. I absolutely adore Melody Beatty. This part really, uh, you know, one of the things that came come up here is allow yourself to feel anger. Don't deny it, but also realize that since we got older, um, there are other things too that we can claim or embrace and take the freedom and but anger was the only effective coping mechanism you know available i think early on uh to break from the unhealthy uh dependence and i think now allowing a safe space to feel that anger and be as angry as you need to be but also know that one day that anger will be gone don't need to rush it up or make a deadline for it but know it will be gone and to ask God for help with this and with everything else. And then the anger turns into healing. And then the healing can turn into freedom. The next reading, wow, that was powerful, is also for Melody Beatty. It's, the topic is initiating relationships. Often we can learn much about ourselves from the people to whom we are, are attracted. As we progress through recovery, we learn we can no longer form relationships solely on the basis of attraction. We learn to be patient, to allow ourselves to take into account important facts and to process information about that person. What we are striving for in recovery is a healthy attraction to people. We allow ourselves to be attracted to who people are, not to their potential or to what we hope they are. The more we work through our family of origin issues, the less we will find ourselves needing to work through them with the people we're attracted to. Finishing our business from the past helps us form new and healthier relationships. 
The more we overcome our need to be excessive caretakers, the less we will find ourselves attracted to people who need to be constantly taken care of. The more we learn to love and respect ourselves, the more we will become attracted to people who will love and respect us and who we can safely love and respect. This is a slow process. We need to be patient with ourselves. The type of people we find ourselves attracted to does not change overnight. Being attracted to dysfunctional people can linger long and well into recovery. That does not mean we need to allow it to control us. The fact is we will initiate and maintain relationships with people we need to be with until we learn what it is we need to learn, no matter how long we've been recovering. No matter who we find ourselves relating to and what we discover happening in the relationship, the issue is still about us and not about the other person. That is the heart, the hope, and the power of recovery. We can learn to take care of ourselves during the process of initiating and forming relationships. We can learn to go slowly. We can learn to pay attention. We can allow ourselves to make mistakes even when we know better. We can stop blaming our relationships on God and begin to take responsibility for them. We can learn to enjoy the healthy relationships and remove ourselves more quickly from the dysfunctional ones. We can learn to look for what's good for us instead of what's good for the other person. God, help me pay attention to my behaviors during the process of initiating relationships. Help me take responsibility for myself and learn what I need to learn. I will trust that the people I want and need will come into my life. I understand that if a relationship is not good for me, I have the right and ability to refuse to enter into it, even though the other person thinks it may be good for him or her. I will be open to the lessons I need to learn about me and relationships, so I'm prepared for the best possible relationships with people. And wow, this is an amazing uh, thing. I was just, you know, kind of talking with uh, my sponsor. And I think these are the questions where it was like, you know, there's a, uh, uh, a term in one of our programs of a crumaholic. You just accept crumbs or, you know, leftovers or whatever. And I think with relationships, a lot of this is really figuring out what are the assets, where you're going, what's the vision in life. You know, I'm starting to realize that, you know, I've spent a lot of time, you know, analyzing the past, writing about the past, and it's necessary, but to kind of move forward and the types of caring and supporting and uh, uh, emotionally healthy relationships um, going forward. And uh, as usual, Melody Bailey uh, has nailed it. The next reading is uh, the topic is amends. This comes from Strengthening My Recovery. Many of us peep ahead to steps eight and nine and sense that we have amends to make to various people, including our parents, who have harmed us as children. Oftentimes, this harm is the vulgar act of incest, physical abuse, or mental and emotional abuse by sick parents or caregivers. When some of us looked ahead at steps eight and nine, we couldn't understand how we owed amends to our perpetrators. The very idea was unthinkable, but we, what we didn't realize was that we were not going to be asked to make amends to unsafe people. And we certainly weren't going to be asked to make amends for things we had no control over. In ACA, we learned that the amends we are responsible for are the things we've done as adults, which usually have their origins in our childhood abuse. However, whether we actually make direct amends is a personal choice, because it is not always a safe thing to do. This is why we look for guidance from those who have already been on this road. If with their help, we decide we cannot make direct amends to pe some people, we learn that direct amends can be made which include becoming the person we were meant to be. Wow, 
I love that. Becoming the person that we were meant to be. And that would be my indirect amends, I think, uh, to certain family members. On this day, before I make amends to potentially unsafe people, I will first seek the guidance of my sponsor or my fellow travelers. An indirect amend may be more appropriate in many cases. Willpower. We must shatter the illusion that we can reason out a painless solution. Adult children do not lack willpower. We have relied on our iron willpower to carry us through the most difficult of times. Sometimes we may convince ourselves that in order to heal, we may simply need more inner resolve. Even after we're in ACA, some of us try to will our laundry list traits away, thinking if we only had greater determination to get better, we could make different, healthier choices. Wow. So read this, man. The opposite of will is surrender. Our desire is in the right place, seeking healing and recovery, but the method falls short. I would say way short. We may think we can read or learn about an easier solution and get better on our own, but we need the 12 steps of recovery and the fellowship to truly heal. There is no painless solution to our problem. Throughout recovery, we will feel emotions and pain we may have suppressed. Grief over our childhood will surface, but it will not consume us. Our inner strength, once relied on for survival, will now give us the courage we need. We turn our determination not toward fixing ourselves in isolation, but to committing to our recovery in a supportive group setting. On this day, I accept the emotions that arise during my recovery journey, knowing any pain is temporary and joy is possible as I continue to heal. And that concludes today's Recovering My Inner Child. Until next time, this is Kowan Saluja reminding myself to pause because that's where God is, to love myself, and to feel my feelings.